My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh, and this is Steelers country. Rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. All right, this is Steeler country. I'm your host, Tony. It's getting kind of old to say it, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers win again, this time over the Kansas City Chiefs for the second time this year, by a score of 18-16. to Advancing that winning streak now to nine games. They advance to the AFC Championship game to play the New England Patriots. And I'll tell you what, a lot of the talk out of this game, right, is what a what an ugly performance this was by the Steelers. What, an, what a, what a quote-unquote unimpressive performance this was by the Pittsburgh Steelers. They did not register a touchdown, even though they were in the red zone, what, three, four times in this game. Um, I, I view this as not as not such a uh, an ugly performance. I mean, certainly it was ugly, but I don't view this as... That's kind of a, a down game for the Steelers. You know, I look back at games like games like Buffalo, games like Cincinnati. This game was not won in the month of January. This game was won back in December when this team, during that winning streak, had to show some grit, had to show some character. Beating Buffalo, beating Cincinnati on paper is not that impressive. But what was impressive back then was how they did it, the character that they had to show in those games. They didn't play perfectly on the road in Buffalo. They didn't play perfectly on the road in Cincinnati. But they showed character, the kind of character that you need in the month of January to win football games. Look, Ben threw three picks in Buffalo. And if this team were the team that, that were, was going to wilt, they very easily could have done it in that game. They had a chance to just give it all away in that game. And they didn't. They fought back from that. They overcame that. They won that game in Buffalo. Same thing can be said about Cincinnati. You know, and a lot of the problems that the Steelers had in Kansas City, they also had in Cincinnati, right? They couldn't. Score touchdowns. They were continuing to field those. They were down in that game 20-6. to six. And they, again, they showed that fight. They showed that character. That Tomlin-style win by any cost. Throw style points out the window. January football is not about playing pretty. It's about winning football games. And you look at what they did in Kansas City in this one. And again, it wasn't pretty. And, and th- certainly, this was a very frustrating game for all 60 minutes of it. But the Pittsburgh Steelers once again show that character, show that grit. We've been saying it all year. This team, though, they have the look. If you, if you, you know, whatever the look is, whatever, whatever that is, you know, this game again against Kansas City reminds me once again of 2008, the win over Baltimore in the AFC Championship game, and the gut that they had to show at the end of that game to pull that one off, the Super Bowl game, the game against Dallas late in that season, the game against Baltimore late in that season. This was a gutsy Steeler performance, and we now, we now get to go on and, and get that ultimate challenge of playing in New England. Let's bring in Mike and Joe. Guys, uh, this, the Steelers have done it. They have advanced the winning streak to nine. We are now going to get to face the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Mike, how are you feeling uh, coming out of this game against Kansas City? Hey, guys. I do feel good. It's fun to be in the final four i mean uh, it's been a long time since we've been to the championship game 
So uh, it's great. That game was agonizing. It was hard to watch, but it, because we dominated the game, but we weren't up by 12 or 14 points like I feel we should have been. Uh, but they did what they had to do to win the game, just like you said, Tony. So, um, you know, maybe they didn't play their best game this weekend, and uh, hopefully their best games are ahead of them. I hope so, uh, because, you know, the, the game against New England certainly is not going to be one where we can go in and, and I think we're gonna. I think you can win ugly in that one, but you got you got probably got to score touchdowns, right? Absolutely, you got to think that Todd Haley and Ben, you know, the offense, they're gonna figure that out. I think that uh, you know, a couple times they got unlucky, and um, we'll see. You know, so I mean, you know, they, they were in a hostile environment, good defense, a lot of a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the analysts picked against the Steelers. So hey, they did what they had to do. They're moving on. Joe, I know you've been a little bit down on this team, especially defensively um, throughout the year, but here we are. You know, the, the Steelers are one of the final four now. Uh, how are you feeling about the Steelers right now? You know, Tone, nine wins in a row. I don't know. They're winning so much. I'm kind of getting sick of winning. <laughs> now, did Tomlin say that? Somebody said that. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, what I am sick of is my team winning and, and then uh, listen to the sports media criticize their wins. Um, you know, look, this, this is a, this is a road win, uh, in the playoffs, uh, in a place where all the, all the, the, um, all the dipsticks on TV, uh, pick the, pick the chiefs to win. I, I didn't see anyone pick the, the Steelers to win. Um, and, um, and the Steelers went in and won and, and, and the big, the big gripe is, well, I didn't score any touchdowns. Well, okay. The name of the game is you score more points, but but let's take it a step further than that. I won't go too far, but there were six scoring opportunities, right? And the Steelers took advantage of all of them. They got 18 points. But but if, if you say, well, look, there were six scoring opportunities and three were touchdowns and three were were field goals, which they very easily could have been, right? Right. Say, you know, uh, 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 you know. Uh, um, an errant throw here, um, a, a mistake there, um, and that costs you your drive. Um, and that's why you don't get a touchdown. Um, and so you settle for a field goal. So the 18 points could have could have easily turned into 30, the same six scoring opportunities. So six times the Steelers scored on the on the Chiefs, this this vaunted Chiefs defense um, that that, uh, you know, so I think I, I think. The criticism, not scoring a touchdown, that you know, that look, that's legit. I've done that to teams before. Um, but to say the Steelers, uh, and I think some of it is is disappointment in the, you know, it's supposed to be a high-powered offense, and, and they didn't score a touchdown. But it was a road win. Um, it was a road win in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, so I, I'm, not, I'm not really not that worried about it. I mean, anybody that's banking on the Steelers not scoring touchdowns, you know, in the upcoming games um, – you know, that's not a good bet. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna. I think they're gonna be a little surprised to see what happens in New England. No, I think you're absolutely right, and I think you know this this mentality of like, well, the Steelers are supposed to have this high flying offense. Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, we came into the year thinking we're gonna need a high flying offense just to, just to keep up with what you know the the points the, the potential points that our defense might give up. But that has really not manifested itself, especially lately. And what has manifested itself lately is that we have the best offensive line in football. And we accompany them with the best running back in football. And I think what happened, if you go back to that game against Dallas, what happened from that point forward 
is that Tomlin and his team shifted and said, look, we don't need to go out there and score 30 a game. We got to control the clock. Uh, we got to run the football. We got to dictate the tempo of these games. We have all the weapons we need offensively to move the football, but we have to rely on Le'Veon Bell, get him the ball. Um, very similar to what they did at the end of 2014 before he got hurt. Um, and this is a team now that, you know, it, it sounds stupid to say that they're not interested in scoring 30 points a game, but I think they're much more interested. Rather than scoring, you know, the, putting up points quickly, they're much more interested in those 10, 11, 12 play drives that wear out a defense. And by the end of the game, the defense is, is just dog-tired. Well, I mean, my comment in this game, in these last couple games, watching Le'Veon run, um, is I, I just, my comment was, look, this is championship football. That's what it looks like All on the offensive side of the ball. That's what championship football looks like, running the football successfully over and over again, week in, week out, play after play, and they've been doing it. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's really what you need out of the offense. You don't need to, you know, come out, like you said, and score, you know, 35. They can. You, you have to have that threat. I think you have to have the threat. I think everybody's got to respect that. But um, and and then you need it if you ever you know things go bad you have turnovers early and you need to you need to come from behind, um, you know then you start thanking you start thanking the football gods for the the infinite infinite wisdom of the prevent defense and you send your your receivers wild and and you know light it up, but uh, championship football is running the football that that's what championship football is on the offensive side of the ball and the Steelers have it. Mike, I want to talk a little bit about the character of this team. You know, this is a team that um, coming into the year, right, you know, everybody was talking about, well, defensively, this team is a little, is lacking, and that that's that's kind of the weak spot of this team. Um, and in, even going into this game, I think there was a lot of talk about, you know, will Alex Smith will be able to exploit the, def the defense of this team. Um, certainly early on in this game, right, this the, the Chiefs went right down the field, bang, 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 scored a quick touchdown, went up 7-3 to three in this game. Um, but that defense didn't blink, man. They, they came back out there, um, and I think didn't allow another, what, another point until, uh, late in the third quarter. Yeah, they really did settle in in this game and, uh, and turn it around in the middle of the game. Uh, we kind of took it over. I mean, it really was the offense holding the ball. Uh, but as you said, throughout the season, the defense is, they're making a name for themselves. I mean, Sean Davis and Artie Burns. They're, they're making plays on the ball. I mean, that, that the play on the two-point conversion was a great play for, you know, a, a rookie to make that play to kind of save the game right there. And so, and then you got the linebackers, and, and we we wanted it the whole season, these linebackers flying around. And they're, they're really, I mean, between, you know, Tim and, Sh I mean, they're all four of them. They're, they're all they're all potential playmakers. And, and we're seeing plays here and there from them, and I think it's, it's going to just continue. And so... You know, the, the confidence, the experience playing with each other, communication, I'm sure that's that's why they're improving. And they're making a name for themselves and, and, and good for us because they're peaking at the right time. I think so. I, I really think, you know, coming out of this game now, look, I know this is like a meaningless baseball stat. Um, and I know I, I sent it to you guys the other day, but there have only been five defenses in Steeler history that have held two opponents in the playoffs to 16 or less points. And that is uh, all four of the Steel Curtain Super Bowl winning champion defenses and the 2016 uh, Pittsburgh Steeler defense. Um, this, you know, I don't look, the next great Steeler defense is not here yet, but it's, but this is it. 
some incarnation of this defense is the next great Steelers defense. What they're doing out there is, look, it's not splashy, but they're, but if you look around the NFL right now, if you watched all four of those games, very clearly the best defense out of all, all of the teams left is resides in Pittsburgh. I hadn't thought of that. I, yeah, that's know, look, interesting. There, are, there aren't a lot of great defenses left in the NFL, first of all, right? I mean, Baltimore was probably the best defense. Um, uh, you know, Kansas City had a good defense. But the de- certainly the defenses left, New England, uh, Green Bay, Atlanta, n- n- which one of those defenses scares you the most? If, if, I'm any, if, you know, if I'm just looking at it objectively, the defense that looked most impressive and has looked the most impressive over the period of weeks now it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not flashy. They're not great, right? They, they, they're led by a 38-year-old outside linebacker who two years ago everybody thought he was past his prime. Um, and, you know, they don't have a I, superstar, I mean, but, they're, but they're playing really well. You, you could argue. I mean, if someone wanted to argue against that, it's the competition. I mean, the Steelers played the, the Dolphins with the backup quarterback and Alex Smith and Kansas City Chiefs that are – you know, not that dynamic. So the, the other thing about the defense, I'm going to be negative here a little bit, is as great as they play, you know, and getting the pressure on the quarterback now and, and making defensive plays, every now and then there's a guy wide open. Kelsey's wide open, you know. And it, but it's just hard to play great. It's definitely – it's almost impossible to play dominating defense, but it's hard to play great defense in this day of the NFL. Yeah, I think – Yeah, I think um... – no, you're right. Look, like I said, it's not a perfect defense, right? We're not going out there. This isn't 2008, right? This isn't this isn't 1972 uh, or 1974. Um, but I do think that this, you know, there are there are this is this these players: Bud Dupree, Ryan Shazier, Sean Davis, Artie Burns. Um, this is it's Stefan Tuitt. This is the makings now, the core of something that will, I think, eventually blossom into. Um, the next great Steeler defense. You know, I, I can, I can, I can see why you say that. I'm not sure I'm quite there with you yet. And and I'll tell you what is to me the most disappointing thing about this defense is not so much the well, I, I mean the secondary, you know, lacks. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's problems in the secondary, but uh, that that aside. Um, the real disappointment for me with this defense is the late, you know, game on the line, just make a stop and it's pretty much game over. And then they can't make, I mean, the other team knows that too, and they can't make a stop third down, fourth down over and over again. And, and I, you know, so I, I don't, I don't care that they gave up that early drive to Kansas city in the beginning of the game and it went up seven, three, that didn't bother me very much at all in real time as, as you know, pissed off as I used to get um, with that. I, I accept that now. But the late drive, the late drive when the game was on the line and we needed a stop and they gave up another touchdown, that just, that's not championship defense. I don't care how you want to, how you want to look at it or spin it. It's just not. Right. No, I, I agree with you. I think that that is, yeah, you're absolutely right. If you look at this defense, and you want you want to pick a hole in it. It is it absolutely lacks a killer instinct right now. They have, uh, you know, we talked about it after Baltimore, which was we were all were like, well, you know, this defense performance wasn't so bad. I mean, they made some good plays, 
but they gave it up at the end, right? I mean, if it wasn't for AB and his uh, miraculous extension on uh, that whole drive, we would have lost by giving up a game-winning touchdown to Joe Flacco. And then, you know, look, I know Cleveland game didn't matter, but they, you know, they did it the same. They did it in that one too. Um, but no, you're right. They lack a killer stick. I think that it is the youth on this defense that. Look, if there's the number one thing about this this team that worries me is Ben Roethlisberger, and I've said that for many many weeks now. But the number two thing, and right there, like one A one B, is the youth on this defense, and and it is exactly what you said, the killer instinct of this defense. This team doesn't know how to close a team out right now, right? They if you look between quarters, you know, uh, between the ten minutes into the first quarter and the very end of the fourth quarter, I think this team played a nearly perfect game. The only points they gave up were after the Steelers had to punt from their own end zone. They gave up a field goal after that. Everything in between that was perfect shutout football, um, right up until you know, right up until the end. And then they, you know, the the, the Chiefs know they need it. They're gonna they're gonna be going four downs here, um, and yeah, they allowed the points. So I want to ask you, uh, you know, what's it gonna take to to get that killer instinct? I mean, how can they can they turn out of that round in in a week or two? Is it, we're gonna have to wait to, for next season? However, before you answer that, how confident were you, or how worried were you? When uh, you know we returned that last kickoff to the five yard line, if we didn't get that last first down, we're punting basically from our five yard line. They're gonna have a minute forty seconds left. Short field, they only need to get like 20, 25 yards. Long field goal wins the game. Nineteen eighteen. How are you feeling we, about that? I thought if we punted, we lost, we would lose immediately. I, I actually thought we should go for it on fourth down. I thought Tomlin would have gone for it on fourth down actually. In fact, if you listen to his press conference today, I think he kind of alluded to the fact that. Uh, he was going to go for it on fourth down. Um, no, I think if, if the way and, – and I think that most of this is due to the fact that um, kicking in the NFL now has become so routine and especially long field goals in the NFL. You know, you, you watch the, the, the Packers-Cowboys game. I mean, that game ended by Mason Crosby making three 50-plus yard field goals, one after the other, right? Yeah. One to tie the – or to, to take the lead. Or was it to tie? It was to tie. One to tie, and then he had to he had to make two because they tried to ice him, and he made it anyway. You know. I think that I, I think the uh, no, I think he t- he kicked a fifty six yarder. The score was tied, and they decided to take a fifty six yarder. I know we're changing from Steelers here real quick. Fifty six yarder to take the lead. To take but the lead. But if he right? missed it, if he missed it, they get that field position. There's like a minute left, and then they're going to kick a field goal. You know, Dallas will kick a field goal to to win the game, basically. Right. So he makes the you know, so just to go for fifty six yarders, I thought was crazy. He makes it. Dallas goes down. They get their field goal, and then Aaron Rodgers does his thing with ten seconds left, basically. Yeah, I thought I thought if we if we punted in this game, it would have been an easy. You know, look, you're giving them the ball. What the, the maybe at best case scenario, if you're punting from your own five, you're gonna give it. You're gonna give them the ball back at their forty five, maybe even their forty, but more likely it's gonna be you know the fifty or your forty five, which means they have to go. 10 yards to get a 52-yard field goal, which is makeable, um, I thought we would have lost. I thought there was no way. There's no way we win. It's too hard. You I mean, I mean, so that, so that's, that's why I don't accept the, you know, the. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I like Tom, and we'll say it like that. Forget about what I don't accept uh, from the, the assholes that are out there. That's the word of the week, right, assholes? Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, so. That Tomlin has the guts to not run it three times into the line, punt, play defense. Um, that that doesn't exist anymore. The rules of the NFL have changed in favor of the offense uh, so egregiously that that there is no, you know, 
uh, run the ball three times into the line and then and then punt it and play defense, um, you're going to lose. That's a recipe for losing. And, and it used to happen quite often. Now it's, it's pretty much guaranteed you're going to lose. So that he threw the ball to get that first down, um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a modern day coach. He's adapted or accepted or, or maybe he came of age in this, in this time. Um, but, uh, uh, that, that I respect about him. And he's all, he's always been that way. He's been a risk taker. And I respect that about him. Yeah. And he, you know, they, not only did they throw to, to get that first down, they threw on second and third down, you know, we, we had what second and eight yeah. and they got a five yard pass to Eli Rogers. Now it's third and three. And I'm, I'm thinking you can run here because Le'Veon was running so well, um, that you could even run for three yards. Uh, and it would run down the clock throw. too. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that was amazing because I, I, I assume they threw on second down thinking they would just get the first down because it was kind of a surprise It throw. was, yeah, a little play action and then they had a little blooper to Eli Rogers. Yeah. And look, give the linebacker credit because he made a, a great tackle yeah. on, on Eli. But I, I, I want to take this opportunity to give Ben credit because I know that he got – he's getting bashed a little bit about the whole game where maybe he wasn't on, he wasn't sharp. I mean, he, I thought he had a good game. He hit uh, – what's his name? Jesse James wide open several times. You know, he didn't miss him. But he, it did seem like he wasn't firing the ball in there. There was something, I don't know, maybe it was the cold, wet weather. Something anyway, something anyway the, the last throw, he fired it in there, man. I mean, you, you know, you, you put the game on the line with Ben and A.B., and they came through. I mean, that was, it was, you know, A.B. didn't give up. He kept running. He ran right past, what's his name, Houston, the linebacker, and Ben put it right where it had to be. And that sealed the game. So credit to them. And and what an insane play call, by the way, because you know they, they hadn't called that play all game. I've been calling it. You know that play is called mesh. It's a mesh route, right? Which is essentially, you know, Joe, you know, you, Sandlot football style. You run a, a two two receivers across from each other, right? And of course, it, it gets the defenders to to have to avoid each other, right? Easy route to get open if they're playing man to man. If they're playing man to man. But here's the crazy part. If you go back and watch the coaches' film on that, they're in cover two, okay? And cover two is a zone that sits right in those routes. The defenders sit in those routes. So the reason why Ben goes back and has to roll out is because he goes back and no one is open because they had the perfect coverage for this play. So he has to roll to the right and wait and wait and wait for what seems like forever for A.B. to get past Justin Houston and then fire it in there. Um, for the for the first down, and and you know again the other thing about that play is because it took so long to develop, you know very easily that play ends in a sack, right? There it's a it's a coverage sack because no one's open and if if any of you know and again how much do we hear all week about how Kansas City you know these pass rushers and Justin Houston and yada yada they can you know they're so good at getting at the quarterback, Ben was sacked I believe only one time in this game, uh, and had no pressure on that play. So that was uh, yeah, credit offensive line. Yeah, too. absolutely You're credit right. offensive line. And I, again, about Jesse James, this was this was far and away to me Jesse James' best game, absolutely best game. He, I mean, look, he didn't have to make a lot of combat catches. I think the only combat he was doing was fighting with, uh, you know, Ben's ball placement because I think Ben didn't give him any easy ones. A lot of them were way over his head, and Jesse James is like six five, so what the hell? But anyway, uh, no, this was this was Jesse James' best game. He had. Uh, he had a monster game. Five catches, 83 yards. Uh, you know, and going, and going into this playoff run, you know, we had all assumed like, oh, Jeff, Ladarius Green. You know, Ladarius Green's good. We have this new weapon, Ladarius Green, that no one knows about. We've only been using him for the last couple of weeks. Now, he, you know, he's been gone with that concussion. 
I don't know if he's coming back. But it kind of doesn't matter, right? Because Jesse James, since that, you know, and, and he really made a name for himself uh, on a big stage in that Baltimore game on those those last couple drives. But this game, to me, was even better. He was fantastic. It was like shades of Heath Miller finding open spaces in the defense and getting wide open. I think um, the offensive side of our ball, um, you know, talent begats talent. You just kind of come in and, and you you know, when in Rome, you do as Romans do, right? So when, when you're on a successful offense, you do as successful players do. Um, and I, and I, that's probably what's been so hard about our defense is the, is the just the, all the veterans, you know, save for a, a scant, you know, who, who would it be? They'd be uh, Harrison, who came back, and um, and Timmons. Um, there there are no veterans left on the on the defense. They're trying to find their their yeah. soul. We're actually um, one of them, one of the youngest teams in football right now on defense. I think they're the they're the only two guys on the defense that have Super Bowl rings. Is that right? At least starters. That's all I could think of. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. What about William Gay? Oh yeah, yeah, William Gay. Yeah, yeah, William Gay. Did he was he? Yeah, he was there in two thousand eight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, William Gay, uh, James Harrison, Lawrence Timmons. That's the list. So, so back to my question earlier. Um, is there anything that this team can do to turn it around and 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 be dominant on the last drive. And I mean, cause it, think about in the nineties, you know, a team had a ball at the 20 yard line and they had to go 30 yards to get a field goal. We had, you know, Kevin green, Greg Lloyd, and those guys back there. I mean, it wasn't going to happen. Right. I think, Even our team in 2008. I think with this Paul team, Mall in the game. Yeah. This team has to, you know, look, and, and, and this team has to go through this style of run and it's, you know, I don't. We're going to talk about this later. But this, this is this run's going to end in a loss. I don't think this team wins the Super Bowl. I, I don't think the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl for for the reasons we've talked about. Ben not playing well and the defense not being able, not lacking a killer instinct. Boo. This ends in a loss, right? But you kind of need that. And what what's happened over the past couple of years is this team has kind of built this character that we're talking about, right? This kind of, you know, winning winning dirty. It, it, Tomlin inherited a very good team in when he took over in 2007. Um, and they had kind of, you know, that team had been through the 8-8 eight eight season that was Cowers last year. Then in 2007, they lost that game at home to Jacksonville. They had kind of been through it. And then in 2008, you know, Tomlin instilled that kind of five-star matchup mentality in that team. And they went on to win the Super Bowl. This team, you know, this team right now has too many young guys on it who, who haven't been through that yet to, uh, to make this style of run, right? I think... Guys like Artie Burns, guys like Sean Davis, Javon Hargrave, Bud Dupree, um, it's you know it, it's those guys who are in big positions. And Ross Cockrell, same way, right? Ross Cockrell just just this is his first year starting. You know we've got too many guys on the team who haven't played through these style of games yet, and so they're still learning how to close these games out. Um, I think it helped the re- and the reasons why our defense has made such a turnaround. I don't look. Everyone gives credit to Sean Davis and Artie Burns and Javon Hargrave and even Bud Dupree. And I and I will say that all of those players, all of those players are are bright young have bright young players who have who have very bright futures. But if you want to look at the reason why this team is is playing so well defensively right now, it's James Harrison and it's Lawrence Timmons and it's Mike Mitchell and it's the and it's William Gay and it's the veteran players. You know, William Gay making that tackle on Travis Kelsey at the two yard line. 
you know, that, that drive still ends in touchdown. But that play was an easy touchdown. It was one of those misdirection plays that they were running all night to try and fool our young guys. And it's William Gay that makes that tackle and extends that drive. Another 40 seconds come off the clock. Another 40 seconds come off the clock. That mattered at the end of the game when we got the ball back and only had to get one first down to win the game. James Harrison, you know, his impact was felt throughout the entire game. And Lawrence Simmons during this entire run, you know, you could argue he's been our best defensive player. And we'll do awards in a couple weeks. I think he wins Defensive Player of the Year running away. Um, I think it's been the veteran guys on this team that are kind of showing the young guys the way. I just think we have too many young guys to make it all fit right now. Yeah, I well, think they I have to. There's only three. <laughs> only three. They, they, so these young guys have to taste the sour defeat before they can taste the sweet victory. I think that's usually you, how it works, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the defense kind of turns around. I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with the veterans, what you're talking about, and that you know, and that's the nucleus of it. And if you get the young guys playing better than they were at the beginning of the season, decent and just improving, that's going to help, and, and that's probably the case. But, I mean, it's obvious to me, or maybe a lot of other people too, but it really turned around when Bud Dupree got back on the field. And and I'm not saying that he's dominating, but it could have been just one that last piece of the puzzle that they needed. They needed the bookends. You know, you can't just focus on uh, on James Harrison when you've got Bud Dupree coming over there. And he just he just looks so athletic, fast, and fierce. Yeah, he's, he he's, he's out of his definitely way. he's making an impact. I I think to answer your question. Um, more directly, Mike, I think, I think young guys are, you know, when you're, you're learning, you know, they're in a learning mode, right? And when you're about to take a team out, whether it's in the regular season and then especially in the playoffs, um, you know, I mentioned it earlier, you know, we need a stop, right? Well, the offense knows that they can't, if they, if they get stopped, it's game over, they, they lose. So they're going to do, they're going to, you know, you've backed a rat into a corner. What's left? Every ounce of fight that they have left in them, they're gonna they're gonna give you now. And they just t- it goes to another level. The game on the last drive when when you're when you're about to take them out, everybody ri- rises to the next level. And and I think it's hard for new guys to to do that because they're in learning mode. They're not in killer mode. Um, and and uh, you know I know it's a sport, and I know they think they're in killer mode, but they're thinking. They're thinking. Uh, James Harrison isn't thinking. He the only thing he, he's not thinking about. Uh, you know what am I supposed to be doing? What's my assignment? I you know what what's the? He's thinking I am gonna kill this guy when I get there. Okay, I'm gonna beat the guy in front of me and get to the quarterback or whatever his whatever his assignment is. And and that's what the veteran guys do. They're in killer instinct mode. Um, and and I don't think rookies and young guys can get there because they have to think too much about what they have to do. And and I and I, I I do think that's what's going on. Uh, so can can that happen? Can that change in a week? No, I think it changes incrementally. You know, and I think it's changed throughout the whole season. And I think that's why we've seen improvement um, uh, on the defense. Aside from Dupree coming back and guys coming back, um, I, I do think um, I do think it just comes with experience. Um, and and it, and it happens incrementally, not from. It's not like flipping a light switch. Yeah, you, you hear guys talk about how the game in their second year and their third year, you know, they say it gets slower, right? I think that's that's what you're saying, Joe. Is is when you're not thinking, when you're just when you're just doing, you just you know what's happening, right? You're not having to think about it. 
it slows down for you because you can start to see, oh, I see what's going on here. I know what I'm supposed to do. I've already seen this before. I've been in this situation. Um, you know, I think, I think for rookies, though, and I think a lot of this is, it, we're seeing this, right, is that they're just, it, it's all new to them. So it's like, hey, I don't know what the hell, this is, whatever. What am I doing? I don't know. I'm a rookie. So, it, you know, it's like the pressure doesn't get to them because it's, they've never been there before, that kind of thing. And I think a lot of times, you know, you saw Artie Burns make a play at the end of this game where he showed, you know, I mean, none of that. Um, lacking of a killer instinct or anything like that. I mean, that. Um, what's his face? Alex Smith goes up to Artie Burns, runs the same play twice. Like, he throws the ball, he, he throws it over the guy's shoulder, the wrong shoulder, and so the guy doesn't catch it. So he calls the same play and goes back at Artie Burns again. And this time, Artie Burns doesn't get beat. He's, he's step for step with the guy and makes a great defensive play. Um, like this, these 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 young guys. Look, we're not playing poorly. It's not like we're talking about this. Like, well, you know, we just gave up 30 to Kansas City. Like, how are we going to get better? You know, we had to we had to outscore a team. We're not winning shootouts right now, right? Defensively, we're playing well. What we lack is the is the the one final like small piece, which is just just have that killer instinct at the end of the game. Yep. Hopefully, it's coming. So uh, before we talk about you know, those assholes that have a day and a half on us. Um, let's, uh, I'd like to hear you talk about the offensive line and Le'Veon Bell, because we can't forget about him. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, Joe, you said it earlier on the podcast, you know, winning, winning football in January looks like the kind of offense the Steelers are playing right now. It is three yards in a cloud of dust. It is the ability to run the football not on some tricky draw play or not, not the way Kansas City aspired to, to move the football in this game where it's all trickeration and you've got guys running in motion everywhere and you're faking to this guy and you're throwing to that guy. Um, it is, I'm lining up, it's second and two. I just ran for eight yards and you know I'm going to run again and I, I'm telling you I'm going to run again and I'm going to run again and here we go and I know I can get those two yards anyway. And that is what the Steelers have done not just this week and not just last week. They've been doing this for the entire run here. They have really leaned on Le'Veon. Um, I know we talked about earlier, you know, is it worrying? Is he going to get tired legs? We're going to see that. Look, he ran the ball 30 times in this game for 170. I didn't see him get tired legs in this game at all. I thought he was running well at the end of the game. He was running well at the beginning of the game. Um, and there are plays in this game when you go back and watch, if you go back and watch this game film, you know, take your eyes off the ball a little bit on some of these Le'Veon runs and watch guys like, Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro and Marcus Gilbert, guys who who are, they're big dudes, but they are so athletic to get out there in front of Le'Veon um, and and watch watch how Le'Veon, you know, they talk about Le'Veon's patience, right? And he's just kind of sitting there and waiting for a hole to, to, to go. But he's also trusting, he's also sitting in a hole waiting for the offensive line, trusting the offensive lineman that, you know, I could bounce this to the outside, but I trust that Ramon Foster is about to move this defensive tackle off a little bit, and there's going to be a crease there. Or I'm waiting for DeCastro to fill this hole. Or, or even, and you know, we're talking about the offensive line. I think one of the biggest things that's happened in this in this run now is the emergence of Jesse James as a run blocker as well. You go you go back and watch him earlier in the year, and he was absolutely horrific in in, in pass blocking and run blocking. And he's night and day now. You know, he set up the A B. Touchdown a week ago, and he was very, very good in this game. Um, you know, like I said, this is this is a hundred percent winning football with Le'Veon. Um, he is he's the best running back in football. 
Um, and thank goodness that we're, we're not getting away from him. Um, th this is a team that still aspires to run the football uh, 20, 30 times a game. We're not, it's, there's no D'Angelo drives anymore. It is 100% Le'Veon, um, and he's proved to be by far the best running back in football. Uh, I think you should include Knicks in that discussion. Oh, that's right. Absolutely. I, yeah, how, how could I forget uh, Roosevelt Knicks? Uh, because again, yeah, you know, Collinsworth said, oh, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, he might have, uh, it, it might be a, a part of Le'Veon's improvement that, that Knicks got healthy. It's, it's a, if you go, again, go back and watch the games against Miami and, and, and all those games prior where we didn't have Knicks healthy. And then go watch this game where we, where we had Knicks. And, and I'll just give you a, a two play sample in this one. It's, uh, it's first and goal from the from the one yard line or whatever it was in this game. Um, they I, I forget what play they ran on first down. It might have just been a run up the middle or, or a stupid pass. But second down, Le'Veon goes for eight nine yards. It's now third and one. Now on first on second down they had they had run it in the I formation. Uh, Roosevelt next the fullback coming in there getting a good block in the hole and springing Le'Veon for eight. On third down they decide that they're going to put Nick's in, uh, into like a trips formation on the right. He's going to kind of play more of a, a tight end style role. Um, and Le'Veon does not get it, right? Le'Veon, they, they hit him in the hole, they attack the hole, uh, and he's not there. I think it's night and day with, with Knicks out there. I think they should use him more. I mean, you know, it, it kind of telegraphs to the defense what we're doing when you put Knicks out there. And, and in passing situations, it takes away someone like a Jesse James or an Eli Rogers or a DeMarcus Ayers um, when you want to run kind of a play action style. And I get why they don't use him on every single running play, but but he is he's a great fullback in a league where there aren't great fullbacks. There are no fullbacks in the league anymore. I think Chuck Knoll would say, if you're if you're if your guys are better than their guys, right? If they do their jobs better than the other guys can do their jobs, then it doesn't matter that they know what you're doing. You just do it to them. Um, and, and you challenge them to stop you. So, I, yeah, I don't know why they take Knicks out of there as often as they do. I don't know why. I'd love to see more. It's a punishing style of football. It is it is humiliating to a defense. Um, and I, I, I just, you know, I'm so happy that there's some of it. Uh, to me, there can't be too much of it. Yeah, it was, it was frustrating that they would, uh, they ran it so much between the 20s. And then it seemed like when they got in the red zone, they decided to go against it a little bit or, or try to play action, whatever. And, and I just, I just wanted Haley to do the drive that he said it was his favorite drive a few weeks ago. Just run it every play, continue running it. I think it would have worked. I think they could have got a touchdown. I liked how uh, Collinsworth pointed out how the offensive line was double teaming the two defensive tackles basically, and, and basically setting up like a, a force field for Le'Veon that the linebackers couldn't get to. And he basically had two or three yards before there was any contact and before he even decided what hole he was going to squirt through. thought that was interesting. Yeah, the, the play calling deep in the red zone got a little frustrating. And especially, you know, and it started frustrating on that opening drive, right? The Steelers gr go down. It's a you know, 11-play drive. Um, they take five minutes off the clock. They get down to the Kansas City five-yard line. They did that largely on, uh, you know, on the shoulders of Le'Veon Bell. First and 10 from the Kansas City 13, Le'Veon Bell up the middle for eight yards to the five-yard line. Second and two at the Kansas City five. Ben Roethlisberger pass incomplete short right to Le'Veon Bell. Third and two, Ben Roethlisberger pass short left to Eli Rogers for one yard, kick a field goal. 
that's, you know, just looking at it from there and, and, and certainly watching it, um, it was frustrating that it's, it's two yards. And I get you want to throw one of those downs, fine. Right, you want to catch them, catch them looking, fine. But Le'Veon, again, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's Le'Veon Bell, guys. Like it's this is not rocket science. Every time we know that they know we're going to run, it works anyway. Just run the ball, and it happened again. And I think you know the, the most uh, the the most egregious one, right, is the interception. That's first and goal at the five. First and goal at the five. And again, I get. That you know, okay, we're gonna we're gonna maybe run something. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna catch him off guard here a little bit. Um, but that was a run pass option. That's the one that really gets me. Is that that was a run pass option and Ben checked out of the run and into a pass. And I get that he wants to go one on one. He's got A B one on one with a corner. Um, obviously, you trust A B against anyone in the game. But again, it's like you know we're we're settling for field goals in these positions where it just felt like we could have used Le'Veon. Well, the other thing I wanted to mention about the benefits of the of the running game is that it controls the by by controlling the pace of the game, you take pressure off off your young defense, um, and that the defense is definitely a benefactor of of Bell in the running game. Um, and then this all this you know this trickeration. Why do you have to trick people if if your straightforward approach is working? I. I'd, I don't. I just don't understand that for the life of me. Get down, like you said. You you know, run it down to the five yard line, eight yard gain. You got two yards to go and five yards to get in the end zone. Run the damn football. Run the football again. Who cares if they know you're going to run it? Let them start overcommitting to the run. Okay. If they proved to you they can stop it, all right. Then you can try to trick them. What are you tricking them just for trick's sake? Yeah, and I, I will say that. Um... Kansas City has a great red zone defense. They've had a great red zone defense all year. And so we have we can't just sit here and say this happened in a vacuum, right? That So apparently though, then they feared that defense. They bought into the hype because they never tested it. They didn't test it. Well, I think that um I, I'm here I'm going to get on Ben's bandwagon a little bit. He threw two touchdown passes that weren't touchdowns. I mean, the one that AB caught, landed, it was a touchdown, but the guy pulled it out. So good play by the defense. And the other one that maybe overlooked, and maybe you'd argue against me, but he put it on Eli Rogers' hands. It was a little behind him, no, but no, Eli could have caught it. He could have caught it. I mean, and fallen in the end zone. So, you know, they they took their shots, and um, and the yeah, Kansas City has a good defense, good red zone defense. But it, you know, of the six tries, it would have been nice to at least get one touchdown get one. out of it. Right. Yeah. Wait, I'm look. I'm not but, upset. I'm not going to sit here and be, you know say, oh, Ben tried to cost us a game or anything. Look, I think I think the the decisions. It, it look, it, hindsight being 2020 and knowing we came out of this game with no touchdowns, obviously hindsight, Haley and Ben and the play callers on this team. I know Tomlin likes to go into these press conferences and say, oh, this was my decision. It's always like, Tomlin, this bullshit. We know it wasn't your decision. We know that was Haley and Ben. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, I think, I think going back and watching this tape, it becomes, you know, you watch this tape a second time, it becomes very apparent what happened in the red zone. It's just, eh, you, you leaned on the pass a little more than you needed to. And it wasn't like they didn't run. There were drives later in the game where, you know, we're running on first down for only one yard. Now you're second and nine. Um, and, and, you know, you're kind of in a more passing down, if you will. Um, so I think they tried to run certainly later. But but there were situations early where looking back, you know, it's just it, it it's very apparent that um, in the future 
let's just let's just rely on what works. Leave you on Bell. Yeah, Bell. Hey, I just want to point out the drive chart. So the Steelers had ten drives. Two of them ended at the end of the half. So one was closing out the game. That at halftime they basically ran out of time. And then the other eight drives, one was an interception and one was a punt, and the other six were field goals. So they only had one punt in the whole and game. The, and the punt, and the punt, is the one where we started at the two. So our our whole playbook kind of had to, you know, was kind of collapsed a little bit because you didn't want to take a sack there, you didn't want to turn the ball over. We just went run, 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 on that drive. Um, yeah. So the, the pick so was at the end zone. Could have been another field goal or a score. Right. Yeah. No, no, moving so the, the offense ball is, was not a problem in this gone. game. We, yeah. we moved the ball like a, like a hot knife through butter in this game. I mean, this, you know, like you said, Joe, you make one or two or three of these, these drives touchdowns, this is a mega blowout. Yep, so save it for next week. So is save there, the touchdowns for next week. Now, I talked about in the intro, you know, we had the same problem against Cincinnati. That was another game on the road. That, uh, you know, we kicked six field goals on that one. Now, that's an interesting one because, you know, unlike unlike uh, this game, that game we kicked a lot of longer field goals. That was Boswell from 45. Boswell kicked a couple of 49-yarders, three 49-yarders actually in that one. That was a little different. But is there is there a worry at all that this team, that the offense is starting to, um, I don't know, lack a, 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 a quote-unquote its own killer instinct, if you will, at scoring touchdowns? I don't think so. I mean, I, I just think that it's one either. of those things. <laughs> I, think, I mean, they're going to come out of their funk, you know, some, especially if they get a, a, an early touchdown or, you know, they're going to get big chunks. They're going to get a big chunk touchdown. Le'Veon has a nose for the end zone, too, when he gets in, inside the red zone. So they're going to learn to use him. They didn't really use him much in the passing game. I don't know if it was defended really well, but he'll probably score that way in this game coming up. I think they, they were I think they wanted to chip Houston a lot and use uh, Le'Veon more. It reminded me a lot of the Baltimore game, where again that was one where we didn't we didn't use Le'Veon out of the out of the backfield a lot. Um, I think there was a lot of due to the fact that they they wanted to keep Ben upright. Um, and yeah, you're right. Bell only had he had two catches, negative four yards, only five targets in the game. Um, that's very un-Le'Veon, right? Le'Veon's passing stats are are usually closer to five five or six catches and you know over 50 yards so hey again, didn't uh didn't they say that Le'Veon got the most not that I'm a big guy on stats but this is kind of cool the most rushing yards in any two consecutive playoff games in NFL history did I hear that right uh, I think it's the most in your fir- in his first two I think Terrell Davis yeah. holds the record for two in a row I think yeah, I think you're right. The one thing he did do is he broke the Steeler record last week, and then he broke his own record this week. <laughs> That's right. And then he's like, oh, you know, I'll go ahead and break it again. Yeah, he had yeah, 170 so for... in the team. 30 carries, 170. Great. It was a great game. <laughs> That's was, pretty phenomenal. It was, it was an unbelievably good game. 30 times for almost six yards a carry. Good Lord. And, you know, we've been yeah, talking yeah. about all year how – you remember, remember we talked about on that one podcast, I forget when it was, it was midseason. We said, oh, you know, are, you, are we worried at all because – we haven't had any "quote unquote" explosive runs, right? Are we? Is it is it two between the between the numbers type thing? I mean, we've had explosive run after explosive run. The one in this game, I don't know if you guys noticed it, uh, but but Al Michaels, if you go back and watch the tape, Al Michaels calls Le'Veon down ten yards before he's actually down because <laughs> because do of the that. way Le'Veon ran that one, 
you know, he had to break through two tackles. And it looked like it was going to be an easy, it was two defenders there, and it looked like an easy tackle on Le'Veon. And Al Michaels goes, oh, he goes down. Oh, no, he's still up. <laughs> We've had uh, Le'Veon, that was what, 38-yard uh, yeah, thirty-eight yard run in this game. Those were big plays. Like, you know, you looked at the way we beat Kansas City last time. We had Sammy Coates had that big uh, touchdown to start the game, the long one. Or not, it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't a touchdown, but it was like a long 50-yarder. You know, we, we kind of lack that kind of explosiveness, right? I don't even think we – did we try a true bend, drop back, go deep play in this game at all? I don't remember one. No, it must have been either their coverage or, or he just – I don't know, maybe couldn't throw it with the weather like that. Now, do, what about Hayward Bay? I didn't see him much in the game at all. He had no targets. Because, he, I mean, he's usually a deep threat where they take a shot with him. Yeah. I was, I was surprised it, by that. We, we did have a long pass in this one when they – when they, he found A.B. on that kind of scramble a little bit. but Yeah, covering Houston covering him? Yeah, Justin Houston was covering him. So about your your question you raised about, are you worried about, you know, high, the offense having a killer instinct? Um, I think high – I've always said this. If you listen to me over all these years, um, high-powered offenses have off weeks, and when they do, you lose. Um, and that's why you need a running game, and that's why you need a defense. Um, and uh, – and that that's true, and the 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 exciting part. I know you haven't transitioned yet into the next the next games, but um, oh, that's what the, that's what's exciting about what's what lies ahead. The other the other three teams that remain in 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 these playoffs are all super high powered offenses, and really kind of jokes for defense. I know they're they're trying to make something out of Atlanta's defense. Every time I watch Atlanta, the score is fifty to forty. Okay, and it doesn't matter which side of that equation your defense is on, it's crap. Okay, um, so there, those those three teams, if their offense is off, forget it. There, there's no coming back for them. Um, I think the, the Steelers, and you kind of said it earlier about the, you know maybe maybe the Steelers have the best defense that remains in the playoffs. Um, the Steelers are not those teams. We the Steelers have a high-powered offense, potentially. You know, sometimes they do. Um, but they don't need that to win. Uh, and that that's exciting. Um, so I, and to answer your question, no, I'm not worried about the offense because of that reason. All right, let's talk about that game. The Steelers play the New England Patriots Sunday at 640. It's the late one. We have to, we're going to have to endure, Steeler fans. You're going to have to watch Green Bay and Atlanta play and then – uh, the main event of the evening, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, against those asshole Patriots. This is a game that is years in the making. Um, you can remember back to 2008. I remember distinctly, actually, when we won the AFC Championship game in 2008. And uh, No, sorry, it was 2010 when we won the AFC Championship game in 2010. Uh, we had beaten the... New York Jets. And I remember watching NFL primetime, and Chris Berman said, boy, isn't it interesting that this team advanced to the Super Bowl again without having to play the New England Patriots? Almost like, you know, we did it intentionally. Like, we avoided them. But we, but, but, but they have avoided them. This team has been to three Super Bowls, uh, 2005, 2008, 2010. They have never in those stretches played the New England Patriots in the playoffs. The last time we met in, in the playoffs was 2004, Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season, 
The AFC Championship game that year was played in Heinz Field. The Steelers lost 41-27, to never really a game. Um, been through two interceptions, including a pick six to Rodney Harrison. That really ended everything. Um, they actually played in an AFC Championship game in 2001. That was uh, Cordell Stewart was the quarterback back then. Uh, that game was characterized by a blocked field goal return for a touchdown and uh, Cordell Stewart throwing back-to-back interceptions uh, that uh, ended up uh, costing the Steelers that game. Mike Tomlin asked today, you know, if he's been uh, if he's benefited by never playing the Steelers or by never playing the Patriots in the playoffs. And his quote, which I love, is, you know, they've avoided us as well. So, uh, guys, how excited are you for this game? I love that too. I love that quote. You know, they, they didn't have to go through us either, and you know, on their way to their right. Super the Bowl their runs. Super Bowl. <clears throat> so that's interesting, and um, and yeah, that 2001 game was that was terrible. That was heartbreaking, and that kind of kicked off the Tom Brady, Belichick Super Bowl runs. So it's too bad. And I think we lost on a punt return, and I know it was a blocked field goal. So we won't get into that. So how excited am I about this game? I, I'm, I'm both. I'm excited because. I just think that we have so much more talent than the Patriots, especially offensively. I don't know much about their defense. I hear their defense is good. They haven't had a tough schedule. So I'm really intrigued to just, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if we dominated the game and, and, and won by two touchdowns. Um, but, but over the years, but here's the, (laughs) but I've, I've always, always uh, hated playing the Patriots because they have our number and, and it's just this mystique. So now you look at their team. They don't have any of these name players. Gronk is out, but they're still, you know what's going to happen. They're going to find a way to throw these short passes and convert these third downs. This guy we never heard of is going to be wide open, uh, all that. They're going to get some weird turnover, probably a return. It's just going to be the mystique of Darth Vader and Tom Brady and the Patriots. And I, I don't know. that. So that part worries me too. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if we um, if we got dominated just because of all that. And then the third thing is, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a close game came down to like the last series or last play. I'm excited, though. Joe, how about you? Well, you know, it's um, it, it's like, you know, it's like in poker when you go all in. You know how that feels, right? It's like if you win, it's you're on top of the world and if you lose well it's over um so then that that's just how i feel and i don't mean it in a, in a playoff fashion loser goes home i mean i mean that's how i feel about it i'm that excited to win the game and i would be equally disappointed um to lose the game um i i, I think uh i think the steelers i think this is the steelers game to lose i, I know nobody gives them any chance um, because it's the, you know, it's the emperor and, and, the, and the, the, you know, the, his evil apprentice. Um, and, uh, and, and by the way, uh, Mike, you said earlier that that's what gave them their start in Pittsburgh. No, their start came in, in New England on a, on a, on the most dubious. How call. could we forget? I know. I knew that. <laughs> I didn't want to get you started, but so we had a chance to go. Stop we're not going to go down there, but we're we not did have a chance to stop him though. Either. Okay. So let's just continue. So this week. Uh, the Steelers go to Foxborough, um, and th- and they can finally put this 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 
mystique to bed. And I, and I guess there is a little bit of, there's a little bit of truth to it because of the, the 2004, 2001 playoff meetings where the Patriots won those. But, um, but also there have been some mid season, you know, shellackings um, and, and the, the Patriots have had the better of that as well. Even, even um, in the Roethlisberger and um, uh, Tomlin era. Uh, but now, I just look at the Patriots and I go, well, you know, so you look at their schedule, they faced no one all year. Um, and then you look at the, you look at who, who came to, who came to play. Um, the Texans came to play without a quarterback. I'm sorry. I mean, they, you know, I don't know what they spent on that guy. Uh, $76 million dollars if you want to know. Okay. Right. I mean, there's a lot of nice <laughs> things you could buy with $76 million. One of them should be a good NFL quarterback. They did not. Um, so, so here come the here come the Texans into into Foxborough. Would never have been there were it not for a hurt. Uh, what's his name? Carr um, in Oakland. Uh, they never would have made it there, um, even if they had the home game against Oakland. I mean, that was an even sadder story. So here come the Texans. They can't move the football, um, and and it wouldn't matter if they were playing the, the you know the the New England Patriots or the you know the Southside High School Patriots. They can't move the football without a quarterback, um, and and uh, and even so, that defense um, they rattled uh, Brady. They got to him. They sacked him early in that game. Um, Brady was Brady was on his back and get it being harassed. Um, and if that if those Texans could have put together any kind of offense at all, um, they might have won that game. So everybody talks about all oh, the Patriots covered the 16 point spread and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, when the other team isn't on the field, um, when they have no chance of scoring on you, it's not really a contest. It's not really a football game. And 16 points really aren't worth aren't aren't worth the, the, the little dots that it takes to light them up on the scoreboard. Um, so. Now they're going to face potentially a real offense. Ben Roethlisberger has not had a good, has not had an inspiring um, run as of late. Uh, and I look at that as, hey, he's due. He's due. They're saying, oh, Brady's going to come off this bad performance because there are some some people out there who will admit that Brady had a bad performance last week. He did. Um and they, they're saying, oh, he always comes back and he's going to just, you know, he's just going to light up. Well, that may be the case. That may be the case. But I'm looking at it, it Roethlisberger's due. Um, and, uh, and I think the Steelers have played uh, a couple of the better defenses in the league these last two weeks. And I think that this coming week, they're not playing one of the better defenses in the league. And I think that's going to be quite apparent. Um, so... You know that's where I'm at. It's a, and then and then finally last last little points on the defense. All these little these little stupid dump passes that that uh, the the Patriots are infamous for when they play our defenses. Um, this is a new defensive coordinator. It's not, um, you know, it's it's Keith Butler, um, and uh, and it's not the same old Steeler defense. There's a lot of speed there. There's a lot of different things that can happen, and and uh, I hope I hope you know, Butler is ready for this because I think he's got the upper hand. I think he's got the pieces and parts on his side. Um, the talent is on his side of the, of the, of the line of scrimmage. And he's just got to, he's just got to 
go after it. He's got to come up with a plan for these guys. He knows what they want to do. We've seen it a hundred times. We know what they want to do. When you know what they want to do, it's that much easier to take it away. Um, and now he's got the people to do it. He's got the speed to do it. And uh, I, you know, I'm I'm just looking for a Steeler win, and it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be as sweet as any Super Bowl win um, that I ever watched. So I want to go over real quick. You know, you guys have mentioned that they haven't played anybody this year. I do want to go over. Uh, so, well, actually, let me point this out first. The New England Patriots are the number one scoring defense in football. Number one score, meaning that they have given up the least points per game of any defense in football. Now, uh, if you don't, if you aren't already aware, points per game is a stupid way to uh, to judge a defense. Uh, so are yards, by the way. Uh, let me just tell you who the Patriots have faced this year, uh, starting quarterbacks. This is uh, this is this year when when Tom Brady started. Cody Kessler. Andy Dalton, Landry Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Russell Wilson, they lost that game. Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jared Goff, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Bryce Petty, Matt Moore. That's the list. Oh, and then, excuse me, and then Brock Osweiler. Only one of those quarterbacks, only one of those quarterbacks is a playoff caliber, well, okay, Joe Flacco, but not Joe Flacco this year. Uh, only one of those quarterbacks playoff caliber. That's Russell Wilson. That's it. That's the list. You know, this defense, people make a big deal about this defense. Oh, look what Belichick did again. You know, they don't have a lot of talent in this defense. They had to trade Jamie Collins, and he's done it again. They've done so well. Yes, of course. They've done great. They've done fantastically well against complete crap opposition. This team, the Patriots, are going to go up against the most high-powered offense they've gone up against all season. Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. Seattle has had a great offense at times. This year, you saw it in Atlanta. They couldn't block anybody. They can't run the football because they have no offensive line. Zero offensive line. The Pittsburgh Steelers have the best offensive line in football. They have the best running back in football. They have the most weapons. The problem I have with this game... I don't trust our team to win this game on the road. There are two I said earlier this year, in fact I came into the season saying this, that the only thing standing between this team and the Super Bowl is injuries. And I meant that because they can't this team couldn't afford to lose stupid games because of injury because it would come back to bite them in the playoffs. And this is the exact scenario I was talking about. If this game were in Heinz Field, I would have a much different opinion. I'd be much more confident going into this game. I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm very excited to watch Steelers Patriots. I've been wishing for this for the last two years. Really, really since since we have since we got Le'Veon and since Le'Veon became the player we we now know him as, I thought that this team had the talent to do it. But I thought it had you know if it's going to be in New England, it's a crapshoot. If it's going to be in Heinz, that then the Steelers are probably going to win that game. They have the they have the more talent and they're going to play a good game at home. I don't know if this team can go into Foxborough, and I certainly don't know if they can do it with, with, the, um, with, the, with the, the youth on defense right now. At some point, it just seems to me at some point this year, starting Artie Burns, starting Sean Davis, starting Javon Hargrave for this long is going to come back to bite us. 
maybe Artie Burns is just that good. Maybe Sean Davis is just that good. Maybe uh, Javon Hargrave is just that good. But this defense, if you look back in, at the beginning of this season and what the problems with this defense was, we've solved a lot of those problems. We have stopped giving up big plays, the, the, the big plays that we gave up against the likes of Philly and against the likes of Miami and even New England when we played them earlier and those big passes to Gronk we gave up and those big plays that we gave up to like the 80-yarder to Zeke, right? This defense has cut down on the big plays. They've been able to get at the quarterback with consistency now with Bud Dupree and James Harrison as the starting outside linebackers. All the things we wanted to see from this defense we're starting to see. And yet we're going up against friggin' Tom Brady. And you know that if there's any quarterback in the league that's going to pick on what your defense does poorly, he's the guy. This is the one, right? It's going to take a monumental effort for this team to win this game. They're too young right now. They, they're, just, they're just not they, they're not ready for they're not ready for this moment. The Steelers are not ready for this moment. And yet I still feel like they can win this game. So I'm not telling you they're definitely going to lose. We have Le'Veon Bell, the best running back in football. We have the best offensive line in football. We're playing the style of football that means you can beat anybody. 2005 style, we can beat anybody. We went into Indianapolis with a game plan that said, I'm just going to run it down your throat. I'm going to rush Peyton Manning every single play. I'm going to get to him, and I'm going to play attacking style. And we won that football game. It wasn't easy. It wasn't like we blew him out, right? We were all had a heart attack by the end of that game. But they pulled that one out. They won that football game. They went on to win that Super Bowl. That could happen again this year. That could happen. But the same feeling I had when that 2005 team went into Indy, that kind of like, well, you know, I mean, like, like Joe said, we're all in here. Like, you know, I mean, what else do we have to lose here, right? Screw it. Um, that's the same feeling I have going into this game. It's not, it's not like, oh, the Steelers, they're just going to win this one. This is, they have more talent. They're just going to win. This is in New England. In, in a place that's very, very hard to win, we've got exploitable pieces. And we're playing the team that most exploits all your weaknesses. Ben's got to have a perfect game. He cannot, look, we can't be checking out of a run on the goal line and having a tip intercept in this game because that will cost us the football game. We can't go down and kick these teams' ass for, for 30 minutes and go into halftime with nine points. This has to be the most perfect game we've played all season. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they can't do it, but it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's, it's the toughest task this team's going to be asked to do. And I, I have the same feeling I did with Indy, which is like, yeah, maybe, but probably not, right? Probably not. I, I, it's tough. It's tough for me to see this. It's tough for me to envision... Uh, this team, if this team, if this team's played ten times, right? How many times do the Steelers win? Three. I think it's three. I don't know. I, I think that um, it, it, I agree with what you're saying. If Brady is too good and our defense is too inexperienced, he's going to exploit that, and that's going to be the difference in the game. And you can even argue, well, their receivers are kind of in, inexperienced. I mean, other than Edelman, but Brady is that good that he makes those receivers, even though they're inexperienced he makes them good. And so that could be the problem. But when, when you explain it that, you know, that you feel the same way going into Indy, I mean, going into Indy in 2005, we were just happy to be there. We were just happy, you know, that the, 
the, the Patriots were knocked out the night before, if, if I remember right. right. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, so it was just going to be a fun game. And then we came out attacking and, and getting to Peyton, and it was great. And I would feel that way going into this game if we were playing the, what was it, the 2007 Patriots, you know, with Randy Moss, and they were unstoppable. This team is not unstoppable. The, the only thing about this team is what I talked about earlier, is the mystique. And, and you did point it out, though, there is one other thing, and this is part of the mystique, is Belichick is a good coach, and he finds out what your weakness is, and he, and he goes right at it. I mean, if, if your weakness is, is uh, stopping the run, he'll run the ball 15 times in a row. So, right. and when that's, you're, uh, yeah, and our weakness I, just happens to be the short passing game, um, you know, that kind of over-the-middle stuff that, you know, like you said, Travis Kelsey wide open on a lot of plays. When this team doesn't get pressure, they don't cover down the field. And if we don't get pressure on Brady, you know he's going to eat us up. And so that's why I'm hoping, and Joe kind of alluded to it too, Butler, I mean, hopefully we can get pressure with four and five when we do that. But I'd like to see the corner blitzes. I'd like to see just, I mean, if when everyone knows this, when Brady starts getting rattled and getting upset and getting hit, it, you know, he doesn't play as well. And so hopefully they can do that. I think um... – I think, uh, Tony, you said earlier that, you know, Ben's got to play a perfect game. The Steelers have to play a perfect game. And and you're right, Belichick, you know, and that's the mark of a great coach is he finds what what you, on d- defensively, find what you like to do best and take that away from you. Um, and then and then offensively, find what your weakest or, you know, what your weakest point is on defense and exploit that. Um, so... I just think the Steelers have to play smart football. And, and here's what I mean by that. I don't even mean the players. The players don't have to be perfect. Um, wh- what has to happen is the coaches have to be smart. It, it is, you know, to Belichick's credit, it's a chess match. And that's what he does, right? He plays chess with you. He goes, he goes I put my pieces so that even though, even though our pieces might be evenly matched, I put them in a place where they they have an advantage over you because of the way I place them, right? Okay, so so what we have to do is use our pieces. We we hold the we hold the ace in this game, um, and and, it, and it's just as old as football is. If you run the football, you win the football game. That's it. There's no there's no if ands or buts about it. You ask Don Shula and then 72 Dolphins, what did they do better than any other team in the history of football? They ran the football better than anybody. Who's the best running football team in the league right now this week? The Pittsburgh Steelers are. What is their strength? Running the football. If they run the football, they put line up with Knicks. They line up with, with Bell. They even even put fresh legs in there um, uh, with, um, what's his name there, who we haven't seen in a while. Um, D'Angelo. and run the football, run the football, run the football, run the football. What does that do? What does that do? Well, it takes, it takes the pressure off of your weakness. Belichick doesn't get a chance to expose your weaknesses on defense because his boys are on the bench. They're not, they're not in the football game. And when they get in the football game, if they don't convert some first downs right away, if they don't score right away, if anything goes wrong, guess what? Their asses are on the bench again. Uh, uh, correct. Hold on, let me correct myself. Those assholes are on the bench again, and we are we are on another 15-play drive, taking up 20 to 30 minutes in real-life time. Um, you cannot lose a football game if you can run the football 
with authority on any team. You you will not lose. You will not lose. That's what the Steelers have to do. They have to play smart. And by smart, I mean you do what you do best and play that to your advantage. This, the players don't have to be perfect. The coaches have to be smart. Well, I mean, I agree with you. I think, look, the Steelers have to come out in this football game and establish the run with Le'Veon. Um, and I think we, what we've seen out of this team lately is that that is, that is 100% um, the Steelers' intent. But what, what I'm talking about is, is more, look, Le'Veon gets going, Le'Veon doesn't get going either way, right? Um, the Steelers have to cash in on all, their, on all their chances. You know, I went back, and, and as hard as it was to do, I went back and watched the friggin' Landry Jones game from earlier this year because I figured, why not, right? I mean, parts of that game are going to be compatible with what's going to happen in this game, right? I mean, yes, Gronk was healthy in that game, and Gronk is not healthy now, and, and Ben didn't play in that game, and Ben will be playing this week. And, and um, you know, in that game, there was no... Shazier didn't play. James Harrison was still on rotation. Jarvis Jones started that game. Sean Davis was on the bench for that entire game. Um, but a couple things stuck out of me in that game. Number one, they leaned on the run heavily in that game. The, by that, I mean the Patriots. The Patriots leaned on the run very heavily. That was during this, this was during the stretch where the Steelers had a lot of trouble running the football. This was uh, during the four-game losing streak, which was capped off by Ajay running for 200 on us, and then Ezekiel Elliott uh, running through us twice to win that football game. Um, since that point, we have gotten so much better against the run. Uh, I don't think we, I don't know if we've given given up 100 yards rushing um, since that point. That was interesting to me. The fact that they really leaned on uh, LeGarrette Blunt to get easy yards in that game. The other thing about that game is uh, that shocked me is how much pressure we actually got on Brady and how the middle portion of that game the end of the first quarter into the beginning of the third quarter, and really the middle of the third quarter, uh, was very much the Steelers' game to win. And that game was, was you know, you back, go back and watch it now, and yes, the end, like the score says 27-16, to 16, didn't seem that close, and Gronk killed us at the end of that game. But those middle portions, when the Steelers, the Steelers went down 14-0 early and then got that game to 14-13, to 13, and the only reason they didn't have the lead is because they continued to shoot themselves in the foot. A turnover by Landry on the first drive by throwing a pick in the back of the end zone to, to Malcolm Butler. Then they got a touchdown to, De or to uh, Darius Hayward Bay that would have tied the game that was called back to holding. They then miss the field goal on that, on that drive. Um, and that kind of thing continued to happen all the way up until the third quarter when you know, they just got those big plays on Gronk. Um, those, and, th and that was a home game. And that, was, and that was in Heinz Field. That, those kind of things, throwing an early interception, uh, missing field goals, getting big plays called back because of penalty, those are things, by the way, that they didn't do against Kansas City, right? They didn't have the big momentum-shifting play or um, you know, giving Kansas City short fields and, and, and um, keeping points off the board, right? I mean, yes, they kicked a bunch of field goals, uh, but, they, but they moved the ball in every possession. Um, you can't do that against New England. I mean, you, you just you, – this is going to – this has to be the perfect game. We're going to have to play our best game of the year to do this one. If Yes, if Le'Veon's running for 170 again, but we're not cashing in in the red zone, game over. We lose. If we're kicking in six field goals in this game, I guarantee we lose this football game. We got to score. And, I, you know, it doesn't matter if it's running or passing. I mean, we just have to score. 
But what I mean is we can't afford to have the screw-up, right? I'm going to tell you right now. Opening drive, Ben throws a pick. I'm going to call it right away. We lose. We lose. The turnover battle is going to matter 100% in this game. We have to get to Brady. We have to force him to turn the ball over, and we have to play perfect. Boz can't miss field goals. We can't get in the red zone in big situations and not come away with points or not come away with seven. Those are the things that, that, that come back to bite you in those Patriots games. And they always have, and they always will, because it's friggin' Belichick and Brady, and they, and they miracle away. You know, if we're up by four at the end of the game, and they have the ball, I'm turning it off. I'll tell you, if we're up by two, <laughs> I'm definitely turning it off. Now you sound like me with the Patriot mystique. See, I mean, I'm usually like that over the years, but I, um, they're, that pay, this Patriot team just doesn't scare me that much. Now, we're talking about the run, and Stat Boy over here just looked up the run. So the Dolphins, against the run this season, were 30th in the league, and the Chiefs were 26th in the league. So right. yeah. is that They're why back. we ran so easy on them? And, and the Patriots are third in the league. But granted, the Patriots, like we said, you know, they, they're playing with leads. And they're, and they're playing you know, So teams aren't trying to run on them. Yeah, bad teams. So, so maybe we shouldn't be so surprised if, if, if Le'Veon isn't having as much as success as he did in the two previous games. No, I mean, I think he had, you know, again, going back. I mean, again, the first game, you know, the, the tape is stupid. But he had some success running in that game especially as, as, as Landry started to establish himself as a passer. Oh, and the other thing about that game that was really – and again, this is, it's Landry Jones, so they're going to have a different game plan, but whatever. Uh, Landry was able to go vertical in this game. And not like deep passes, but you know, explore, like getting the ball over linebackers and, and getting 20, 30-yard chunk plays through the air. Um, it, it, was, it was an interesting game to go back and watch because – you know, you expect to just be disgusted through the whole game, but the Patriots. Like, yeah, we were I mean, in it. The, the Patriots are beatable. They're 100% beatable. And I do mystique. want to say this: there is, you, you know, you, I, I forget which one of you said that. This, I could just see this being a blowout. Uh, you're 100% right. And I will say that there is like the back of my mind uh, that's going. You know, the Patriots ain't played anybody, and they played like shit against Houston. Um, and I love, I love the media narrative of, well, you know, it's a good thing they got that out of their system now because now Belichick's going to go, uh, go back and show them that tape and get them all pissed off. They're going to come out and play the best game. And it's <laughs> like, oh, right. And the Steelers just played, what, the best freaking game of their career? Like, what, what happened in Kansas? Do you, think, do you think Tomlin and Haley are going into the offensive and going, oh, great game, guys, great game, oh, perfect game plan, way to go? No, of course not. The, the entire game plan this week, uh, or, or the entire talk this week in Pittsburgh is going to again be, hey, why can't we score a friggin' touchdown? Like we got, we all we do is move the ball and kick field goals, and it's happened now twice this year. We have to fix that. Um, no, it, it, it's 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 hilarious, and and you know, there is a version of this game where we just punch them in the mouth and they don't recover. That is a version of this game that that you know I think it's unlikely. But if you look, if you look at this team, and you look at what usually happens with championship teams, right? That they build character throughout the year, um, and then they get into that big moment, and they and they do it. New England hasn't done that this year. Who, who have they played? Who have they beaten? What's their big? What's their big? Oh, Brady was suspended for the first four games, and that's our big thing we had to overcome. Screw that. They haven't played nobody. They haven't played anybody like Pittsburgh. Um, so that's, that's I'm gonna go to sleep. I'm gonna go to sleep dreaming of that version tonight. <laughs> Punch them in the mouth, knock them out, make them look like they don't want to come back on the field, blow them out, 
38 to nothing. God, I mean, that was, um, it would be the greatest thing. That was like, life. It, it got to be, that was like, that was Cowher's mark. I mean, this is, this is Mike Tomlin's chance to, you know, shut up Bradshaw and the rest of his critics, um, is to bring his team out and have them. And, and they even shut me up because I don't think he's the same motivator that Cowher was for the big games when, when we're the underdog. And he's the worst expected. cheerleader. Um, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Well, I mean, in that respect, Cower was the best cheerleader, or whatever gameplay motivator. Yeah, I always called it motivating, not cheerleading, but I know, but kind I, of a rude thing to say. But um, uh, you know, look, there were there were plenty of games um, where the Steelers, you know, were the underdog, and and it was never a contest. The Steelers demolished the other team. Well, here, here, you know, this this is one of this those is a chance, yeah. This is it, you, yeah. I mean, I just feel like. If this was if this was the cower era with a cower team, we would be salivating at this. Like, oh, oh yeah, the Patriots are going to kick our ass. Sure they are. I can't wait. I can't wait for the kickoff. I can't wait because this thing's going to be over after the first two series. Uh, That's true. That's true. But it didn't happen. This but time. yeah, no, no. This is the thing is that for, with Cower, he would do that on Monday Night Football all the time, prime time. But the irony was. AFC Championship games. I mean, Cowher lost how many? Three Five. or four of them. Five. Right? Yeah, he had a losing. He had a pretty bad losing record in the. And, and a couple of them, like the one against the Chargers. I mean, but with the, the problem with those, is we were always we were always the favorite. Yeah. The point that's that a I was trying point. to make is he when he you're the underdog relished the underdog. Position, that's true. Which is where we are now. That's true. And one thing that is uh, that you could probably look it up in history and AFC Championship game, or just Championship games in general, AFC NFC. Sometimes one team dominates the other team because they're on their way to win the Super Bowl big time. And, um, man, that would be awesome just to see that. Look, just, just looking happen. at this game, if, Could you, if you removed the names of the teams and the names of the players and you just went, this team has the best running back in football, they have the best offensive line in football, they are playing the, the, the style that is, that is the most championship-like Right in NFL history, right that you are running the ball with consistency every single game. You're scoring points with consistency every single game. Um, you just remove the names, remove, remove everything, right? Remove, remove the names of the teams, the names of the players. You would say, yeah, yeah, the Steelers should win this game, right? The Steelers should win. But it's, but it's not. But unfortunately for us, this is not, you know, Team A versus Team B. This is the friggin' Patriots in New England. And, you know, we've seen this time and time again of this team go up against teams that they have no business beating and finding some dumbass way to, to get a victory. And that's what I worry about on Sunday. And I worry about that because of the way, because of the way we play defense. And, well, not the way but we what play I defense, hope for, the youth. more than anything, is I hope that it's a close game. And oh, at the very end, the Steelers <laughs> win on the biggest asshole call in history that everybody's just scrap going what in the hell did that asshole just say <laughs> and what did he do to all these assholes in the new england area what did he do well actually where did that come from that's what i hope happens didn't we just do that to kansas city i mean it wasn't a it wasn't a out of the i mean it wasn't a, a crazy call like it's holding is a call that everybody sees but uh travis kelsey not a fan of that ref uh, who called holding. In fact, he had the greatest burn I've ever heard in, the, in my, my entire life uh, against a ref. He said, 
Not only should that zebra not be able to play, not not able to ref a game, he shouldn't work at Foot Locker. <laughs> right, but that was okay. funny. <laughs> so apparently that's an old joke because I heard people say, you know, that's old. Um, but I don't, really? I, don't I never heard it, and I think it's, I, it's a 10 I, out of 10. I don't know that I never heard Well, I've heard people say, go back to Foot Locker, but yeah. I never said heard him say that you, you're not even good enough for Foot Locker. Right. You shouldn't even work at Foot Locker. <laughs> the, the biggest joke on that is, hey, dude, you know, make make your catch. So my point on that whole thing is, look, he conveniently forgets that there was a that there was a penalty that that kept the Chiefs drive alive and gave them the first and goal situation. It was a half the distance to the goal penalty, um, just a couple of plays before that penalty. Right. Um, so they got they got their drive extended. Um, they never would have been. They never would have been. Yeah, but you can't argue that, that penalty point conversion. Uh, the penalty was um, a penalty, but you can't. What? What? Well, let me well ask that's you this, right. Mike. A penalty's a penalty's a penalty. Yeah. And they hold James Harrison every single play of his career. James James Harrison has been held, and and so it's like a travesty whenever it's called because the man is held on every single yeah. down. I did that enjoy him. I did enjoy. Holdings I don't know if you guys heard him say that the ref just felt bad because James Harrison yeah. fell down. Like you know, old man. Oh, old man fell down. I I mean, listen, Kelsey's. And, the, the, and the listen, tears, the salt. Did Kelsey, someone put a. Did Kelsey the, not drop a, a pass while he was wide open? That would have extended wide open. the drive. Yes, I think he so. Did. Uh, did Kelsey not not um, do the, personal the, foul. the Lane Bennis push on? Um, uh, what was Bennis. it? I don't think it was. I don't think <laughs> it was Cockrell. It was Cockrell. It was Cockrell. Okay, Cockrell, yeah. he did it on uh, and uh, and and give the Steelers a uh, or give give his put his team in a first to twenty five situation. No, third and um, twenty. Yeah. I mean, this this guy, you know, he's a dumbass. Someone hey, put a picture dumb- together. Hey, dude, of him you know, before whining. you go pointing fingers at everybody else, you, you ought to take a look in the mirror, bro. Yeah. Someone put a picture of him whining, or you know, the sound of him whining, with him, you know, getting kind of knocked back by uh, by James Harrison, because James Harrison was like chipping him the whole game. Every oh, time he tried yeah. to go out for passes, he'd like chip him and you know, disrupt his pattern, and <laughs> so it was kind of funny to see see that. Now I do have a, I do have a thing about about Sean Davis's play, right? Because um, I've been hearing there's a no lot, way you can hit him. I've been you hearing a lot, you know, the, the people I, you know, the, the the friends that I have who watch football who've been saying, oh, the Steelers are dirty. The Steelers they've been dirty this postseason. I know. Listen, oh, I agree with you, Mike. hundred. I mean, I'm just so I'm sorry that we, that the Steelers play physical football. I'm really apologize for that. Other fans in the league, but but you know the NFL. I don't know if you guys know this, but the NFL is a game where the point of the game is to take the person with the ball and throw them to the ground. Um, and you are allowed to do so violently. And, uh, okay. Now Dislodge here's my the ball about, from them. Yes, and right. And dislo- yes, hit them so hard that the ball comes loose is a big part of that yes. game as well. Um, now, here's my question about the shot. I agree it's a penalty. I agree it's a penalty, right? You can't hit a player in the, the head or neck area. That is the rule. It's a pretty clear rule. Now, here's my question. On that play, it seems to me that the only legal play to make in that moment is to just let him catch the ball and then touch him down. Two hand touch, exactly. Because uh, Conley's coming in on like a diving catch, and he's his head. He's putting his head down, so you have you're coming in to hit him. The only place you can hit him is the head, because his head's the only thing is exposed. Everything he's curled up at a ball. Uh, I don't know what Sean Davis is supposed to do there. I was totally fine with that penalty. Um, and what I love, actually, what I love, we go back to Tomlin cheerleader thing, is Tomlin bringing him over, him and Carnell Lake, bringing him over to the sideline, talking to him, 
telling him, don't worry about that penalty. Don't worry about that play. Go back out there. You know, play your game. Do not let that get in your head. And what happened, it was like two, three plays later, is Sean Davis makes a play on the two-point conversion to bat the ball away uh, and win the game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's your cheerleader. That was sweet. Yeah, that's true. Motivated him. That was sweet. You know, when he came in, I think he came in with his shoulder first and, and, you know, his head happened to hit the helmet. I mean, like you said, there was nowhere else to hit him. Right. I, I don't know. You can't dive at his legs. And so I guess that's the dirty. NFL. As long as you are diving for a ball or as long as you are, um, uh, I'm missing the word, um, defenseless, it's a free catch. Everyone has to watch. It's almost like a fair catch. They should just have defenseless fair catch rule. <laughs> and then you uh, let him catch it and then try to rip it out of his hands when he hits the ground because he's got to hold the ball when he hits the ground. Right. So, no, I mean, look, listen, the smart. OK, let's let just put it this way. This is why I wasn't mad. The smart play at that moment is to commit. the. It's like it's like the when the Jaguars, Joe, you and I were watching that game one year when uh, it was it, the time was running out in the game and the Jaguars just kept committing pass interference in the end zone from the one-yard line because they can't move the ball any closer, and eventually time's going to run out and you'll have to stop him once. And then it was like 10 seconds left in the game, so they should pass interference, pass interference, pass interference to get the, to get the clock to zero. So you like the one play. One um, yeah. You know, okay, so on Sean Davis's play, your, your two options are, one, let him catch the ball at the one-yard line, or two, commit the personal foul, hit the guy in the head, Dislodge the ball, and then you take it half the distance to the goal, which is half the distance, like the eleven yards. That's line. right. Yeah, yeah. he mean, didn't catch the ball. Yeah, he that's did not true. Catch he didn't ball. catch it. No, because because he got crushed. Would he have caught it if he didn't get crushed? I think he probably catches it. I, I think um, you know, not not that the NFL is smart um, anyway, but uh, they're they're kind of stupid on this. You know, their 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 legalese is isn't up to par because they're saying, oh, you you know, you can't hit a, a defenseless receiver. But if a receiver's like all balled up, like he was, um, they're not defenseless. They're like they're like in hedgehog mode. Okay? <laughs> no, they are. If you've ever played that game with the hedgehog in it, you know the that PlayStation game or whatever it was. Uh, Sonic. Where, you know, you, you put the Sonic kid, the little hedgehog guy, in a ball, and then you like just go bowling and you like destroy. Right, you're allowed to hit Sonic right? in the head if he's so, uh, if he's doing his little so, spin dash. Right. Yeah. So if the receiver's like all balled <laughs> up like that. You can blow him up because he's not defenseless anymore. I don't know. I think he's still defenseless. Okay. But, I mean, I think it's a heads-up play by uh... – and it's not dirty. My point here yeah. is it's not dirty. It's not oh, a yeah. dirty he's play. He's not de- – he's not de- I think he tried he, to leave not, with his he shoulder. Is, he did he try to leave with his shoulder. Himself. I think he, Bud tried to leave with his shoulder against he, Matt Moore. He can't play but, offense. He can't hurt anybody. Bud's hit was ball. perfect. So it was just a little too high. A little high. Now, did you if know Buzz that, hit did you was know? if his hit was six inches lower, it would have been, it would have been perfect. Yeah, I thought you, I thought you said perfect for a second, and I was gonna get mad at you, but I get perfect. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got yes. oh, my headphones only working one year. I gotta get new headphones. Uh, okay. Uh, I want I want to point this out about last week, and that uh, the okay in the Dolphins game, two Steelers got fined. I don't know if you guys heard this. Two Steelers got fined after that game. Bud Dupree obviously got got fined, and Sean Davis will get fined for his hit too. Uh, Bud, Bud Dupree fined $18,800, or whatever the, the standard fine is. Okay, the other guy who got hit, or who, yeah, who got hit with a fine, is Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers got fined. For oh, his, yeah. For the classic. Now, and this one, not only is it not dirty, it's not a penalty, because a blindside block means that the guy's not looking. And if you watch the play, 
The guy turns his head to Eli Rogers and then goes, oh, shit, and tries to ball up real quick before Eli blasts him. First of all, Eli Rogers, the smallest man on the field, okay, by far, the smallest dude on the field, lit that dude up with a huge hit. Love it. He gets fined. Is it more? What do you guys think? More or less than $18,000 that Bud got? Uh, the way you're saying it is probably more. Oh, it's it more. He got fined twenty k. Uh, I, I think I, I think his teammates should put up that money for him. Absolutely, that was a hell of a block. There was a much worse hit that that same week, where uh, or maybe the week before, where I think the Patriots ran back a a kick yes. return, and, and that, there was like think... all over the highlights, and it was like the greatest block. Oh, it's the greatest block of all time! Oh, look at this. How much you think? How much you think Michael Floyd got got fined for that hit? Zero. Zero dollars. It's stupid. It's you know what we ought to do? There should, somebody should start sense. a, and maybe it should be you guys, start a, start a little thing where you... Where you um, like a GoFundMe? GoFundMe? Go fund my, my block, my hit. Yeah, my, you exactly. know, go fund my fine. It's illegal, um, by the and, way. And all these players go, look. Look at this hit that I put on this guy. This is what they find me. If you think it's a bad hit, don't donate to me. If you think it's a good hit, it's a real football play, then donate to me. Right? And we can, you know, I don't know. They can take that money and then they can donate. They can charity. use it, use it against yeah. the NFL. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm tired of hearing about the Steelers are a dirty team. It's so stupid. The Steelers are not a dirty team. They're, they, they play physical right now. The Steelers are playing the most physical football of anyone in, in the league. They are out there. Look, they're trying to kill people. They are, but they're doing. They're trying to do it within the rules. You know. Well, would you be okay if the story after the Patriot game was the Steelers won because they're so dirty? Absolutely, I would love it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! I would love it so much. Are you kidding me? Like, I can't believe they food, got man. away with all that. We're back oh, on yeah. top. Oh, oh my god! I'd be so. It'd be the greatest. I would. I don't even care if we won the Super Bowl at that point. It'd just be the so unfair player. what they did to poor hey, Tommy. Well, you know, Mike. You know what would be great about that is if is if they knocked the shit out of the out of the those assholes so bad. Um, you know that that was the story coming out, and that the Patriots never recover from it. Never like won again. Saints Remember the Saints beating beatdown in the nineties? Cower was a new coach. Yeah, that never kind six of and, and then they just they just the whole team just falls out. They have to blow the team up because they never win again. Mm. All right, Th- that's the game plan. That is the game plan. Hit them. I know, but, my, that, but that is no, I'm, no. But that's the one that I send out the goons. No, no. But realistically, though, that is. I mean. That is the game plan. Like, hit Brady. It is true. I mean, you rattle Brady. You do anything you can. I mean, I don't know. You want to play dirty? You want to want to give up a couple 15-yard penalties to make him play, you know, I guess uh, not at 100%? Is that worth it? You know what I noticed, Is though? that playing dirty? I noticed that he That's bitches playing dirty. at the refs. But you know yeah. what? In the he Patriots game, the ref. fuck it. <laughs> and, and then the, the, refs, the refs give him penalties after he bitches at them. Have of you course. noticed that? He's Tom Brady. Because I noticed it. Yeah, he he, he, he would be he, – look, he, he's a great basketball player because he bitches after every play and he always gets the foul. Yeah, he does. And, and he doesn't just, like, talk and, you know, raise his hands. or He's freaking bitching them out. Oh, he's animated about it. Absolutely. And then they throw flags for him. All right, 30 seconds on this A-B thing. Uh, Mike, does it matter at all for this week? No, it doesn't matter. I think A-B is hilarious, though. But I do agree with Tomlin. It was, uh, what do you say, foolish? 
selfish, inconsiderate, and selfish. But it was funny to watch. He's like a kid. Joe, is it is it going to play a factor at all this week? I mean, you can't help but laugh at it when you see it. But it was an asshole thing to do. <laughs> I think. And I think. I think. Uh, no, me, I don't think it hurts to let assholes know what you think of them. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the the what Tom the, the the part of this that bothers me at zero is what Tomlin said. I think what Tomlin said was was like nothing. It was so tame. Oh, they they spotted these assholes a day and a half. Like you want to hear that from your coach. You want to hear him inspiring the troops, telling them, yeah, you know, we're gonna get these assholes even even though uh, you know we're kind of at a detriment or whatever. You know, you want it to be an us against the world thing, right? That's everybody's building it up as an us against the world thing. I love that from Tomlin. The only problem I have is, is AB, um, like Tomlin said, you know, showing a little bit of disrespect there, being a little selfish by by taping it, um, and and, not, and ignoring even when even when Ramon Foster and Mike Tomlin both say, keep quiet on social media, and AB's like, oh God is great, God is great, like, hey AB, <laughs> dumbass, pay attention to what they're saying. Uh, so much irony. <laughs> So that's the only thing that pisses me off. But that's something that, listen, if you logged, if you watch Tomlin today during his press conference, um, he's very clearly going to have a, a, a talk with AB, and that will not be um, the case going forward. Those, those locker room videos, I think, will stop um, very shortly. That's too bad. I think in the offseason, since you can't punish him on the field and all that, because then you punish the what, – yeah, what, what should have to happen is AB should have to go to Tomlin's house, wash his car, and cut his grass through the whole offseason. Every, and he's got to do it himself. He can't pay anybody. He's got to come and do it himself. He can, and he can Facebook it live, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Facebook Tomlin live. should Facebook it Tomlin live. Tomlin Facebook it. That's right. Love it. Love it. All right. That's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. I live tweeted the game last week. I will be live tweeting the game again this week. Uh, make sure you pay attention to the practice reports this week. Go to Steelers.com for that, or, you can, or if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be doing the practice reports. It'll be interesting to see if Ladarius Green practices at all this week. Remember, you know, he, he was practicing two weeks ago. looked like he might play against Miami. He had a setback, didn't practice at all last week. Um, you know, Tomlin said in his press conference today they're going to watch that practice participation um, and, and see if he can play this week. He'd be a big addition, but he remains in the concussion protocol. The other things to watch in that practice report – are James Harrison, uh, who will be limited early in the week. Doesn't sound like anything serious for him. And then Vince Williams, Sean Davis, Stephon Tewitt, um, all remain on the injury report, although it uh, seems like they'll be good to go in the AFC Championship game. We'll see you next week.